0: Hello and welcome to the how to hobby experience with your host, John and Sean. We're bringing you another episode. You thought you were done with us, but here we are once again coming in to the to close out the final quarter of the year here. And tonight I am joined by none other than the master of disaster, Sean Bennett. Once again, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I can get behind master
1: disaster. That's a good one. I haven't heard that before. (laughs) I am doing uh, really well tonight. Uh, A little hungry. I haven't eaten dinner yet. I've been putting that off, but uh, I'll get there at some point. Um, (laughs) I haven't cooked, which we'll talk about tonight, but I haven't cooked yet today. I went and actually hung out with Danny and Rachel from uh work and hung out with them for a few hours instead of cooking dinner. So
0: oh, it's cool.
1: Been, it's been a pretty good day so far that's, though. That's good, man. How how are the friends? They're they're doing really well. They're about to have seven house guests coming in tomorrow. Oh my goodness. Um uh, so they're gonna be really swamped with people in their apartment. But uh it was it was really good seeing them. And as you know, their dog is partially my dog I, mm-hmm. I love i love delta i've watched her many times and she it gets so excited when i come over she pees everywhere so oh my like, god that's a testament to that's uh, a true yep she she's a true <laughs> she is... friend uh, she she is she's is partly my dog i love her so much but yeah how how's
0: your day been? uh the day is going it's going well i've been able to spend some time with my kids today, which is, which is always nice. Uh, just seeing their imaginations run, they're getting older, man. My son's almost one. My daughter is over two and yes, they're very close in age, but it's, it's been cool to just see their, their fascination with things grow. And, uh, they're, they're becoming more independent. We chatted with, uh, my mom a little bit tonight. My daughter likes holding the phone. So that's, that's kind of funny. Um, That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But then we went in the room and just kind of using the old imagination machine, Mm -hmm. the old mind to uh, get down and play, play some, play with some of their toys. Uh, And it's fun. I mean, I just get to, I like seeing their fascination with various things. So
1: yeah, good. uh, sorry to interrupt you. I'm, I'm kind of curious for you. Have you enjoyed working from home and having access to your kids more or has it been tough for you? Like with, with them around. Cause I know I, I'm, I don't have kids and I would imagine it would be pretty tough. So it's a mad shout out to all the parents out there who are working from home right now. Cause I, f- I feel like it's intense.
0: Uh, yeah, it, it definitely can be intense. Um, I think the thing that, is bothersome from time to time is just that you don't, you can't separate yourself from the Mm -hmm. carnage. So when stuff starts going downhill, you're just, I mean, I have an office, thankfully, uh, my beautiful office, my, my, uh, my inner sanctum as (laughs) I call it. And I try to keep the door closed and I mean, they're, they're good about not coming in. Mm-hmm. But um, so that's that's nice, but it's still hard sometimes because you can hear what's going on out there. And when stuff starts getting real, you can't help but be like, what's what? Do? So we do have the uh the Bo, the Bose noise canceling headphones here. those are, when when stuff is really, really bad, I have to mm-hmm. I have to don the old headphones and put them, you know, go to sound cancellation mode. And they do a pretty good job of even cutting out small children's cries and screams. So, but the kids are getting better tagline. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's somewhere on their noise cancellation technology. It's like, not only do we cut out engine noise, but kids screaming is second on our list. (laughs) Uh, It's so funny when we're flying on the plane, you can see people if my children do well on planes, which is mm-hmm. something we're trying to they've been flying since they were young. So we we well, we want to be able to travel with them anywhere and not really have to worry about it. But say in the off chance they do start crying, which does happen. They're mm-hmm. children. Uh, I can just see all the people just like if it's if it's early enough in the flight and they don't know that they're good kids, they're like. <laughs> And then, and then they just immediately start looking for their noise cancellation. like, they're like, Oh, it's pretty funny. Uh, And then it turns out they're good kids. So they don't, they don't mind as much, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's definitely a uh, it's, it's a necessity when, when you have children to have something to cut out the noise. Um, But overall, it's great to have them around, be able to spend more time with them throughout the day. I'm, well, not necessarily throughout the day, like once I get off, I don't mm-hmm. have to, I don't have to commute back home and worry about that, uh, yeah. you know, that lag. I get, I get the real foot, you know, the real time loop <laughs> <You're> <laughs> right no in load, here. No
1: loathing lag. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Awesome.
0: So yeah, that's, that's that. But, uh, let's jump into our little Th- our little catch up session this evening, huh? We got, you know, we got some things we got to let the, the listeners know about Let's do it. What, where we've been, <laughs> what we've been doing, what kind of hobbies we continue to get into. And I guess I'm going to be starting it off tonight. Listeners. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've, they've told us we've seen the analytics, Sean, we were just going through them. Some of the things that, that you guys like is, is hiking and backpacking, um, and I was just doing that. So we're going to talk about some of that tonight. We're also going to be talking about cooking, which is also exciting uh, because everybody's got to cook. And hopefully, we can also tell you about some tasty food we've eaten this year as well, just to really spice it up, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: bring bring some uh, diversity into our lives with some some food. That's right. That's
0: right. And just get Sean really hungry before he runs, <laughs> I mean, runs. like he is going to oh. bolt out of this session and go straight to the fridge. He might even eat uh, his dog on the way. Hey, let wait till you hear about my Brussels sprout recipe and we'll oh, have your you jumping in the fridge for some
1: food. So, uh, yeah, let's get started. I want to hear about this trip that you did. Uh, you kind of alluded it to me the last time we talked and hung out at your house, and but I don't know too many specifics. So I'm curious about what it was and what you did. Oh, Sean,
0: let me tell you. All right. I've had this hike on my hit list for two years now, and it's a it's a little hike, little hike up in <laughs> at just outside of Portland in okay. the. A Mount Hood Wilderness. I think they call Ooh, it the yeah. Hood River Wilderness or Hood River Valley. Um, but the trail itself is called the Timberline Trail and it circumnavigates the Mount Hood, the actual Mount Hood, um, which was exceptional, uh, not to not to spoil anything. But let me just walk you through the process because it was a, uh, it was a process and <laughs> it took a lot of um actually a lot of things went right this time sean so that's that's a positive okay. um it was only me and my buddy it was supposed to be a group of four and unfortunately two of our party had to uh, back out prior so that was a little bit of a of a bummer but we weren't going to let that stop us from conquering this 40 mile loop <laughs> 40 mile, 40 mile (laughs) loop you trooper yes yes it was trooper and the and the thing i i'm happy to report to all you listeners out there me and my buddy absolutely killed it and we knocked out the 40 miles worth of hiking in three days so good lord we did a good job to say the least um so yeah, let's let's walk you through. We get into town, it was a it was a Monday through Friday itinerary. So Monday, we get in uh in the afternoon, then the plan was to get catch the last bus up to Mount Hood. And unfortunately, in the woes of travel, which we all know how this can happen, but I was relying on Google Maps mm-hmm. and I put in this sandy transportation because that's where we needed to go we needed to go to the sandy transportation center to get the bus well oh well and it might have been the crack sean because there was somebody smoking on the public transportation and it smelled <laughs> terrible now is this so, in california or oregon this, this is, is in oregon. oregon this is okay, oregon. okay, okay. 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 welcome to oregon <laughs> i was me and my buddy couldn't believe it and the guy in front of this man who was smoking on the, on the trolley, I get, I don't know what they call it. I am going to call it a trolley. Cause that's what we have in San Diego. Mm-hmm. I think they call it the max. He turns around. Cause I mean, dude, it was like meth or crack. I don't know. One of the two, I'd never smelled anything quite like it. And the guy turns around and goes, come on, man. What are you doing? There's kids on this train. And then he just turns away from the guy and it's just like, man, I hate it here. (laughs) And just me and my buddy just lost it. Like, wow, this is, this is so anyway, welcome welcome to Oregon. Welcome to Oregon. Um, Yeah. So that wasn't the best. I think somewhere between that happening and my disorientation of the new location, I, I couldn't figure out how to get to the correct transit center. So we were two and a half miles away when we were 30 minutes away from our bus leaving. So it was, it was a little scary and we had to ask, well, I was asking people if they could give us a ride. Nobody gave us a ride, Sean. Hmm. So instead we had to go with the other option, which was Uber. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately we were in between, it was already like, we were practically out in the wilderness at this point. (laughs) And then so like, it was spotty. I, it just, it was starting to trip off with a bang. Right. We're, we're trying to get service and it's like, Oh man, I don't have service here. Walk, walk 10 feet over. All right. I got a little bit. And so we finally got this guy, Nathan. He was great. Got us right over uh, just in the nick of time. We actually followed the bus, like the bus passed us. And then we came up behind us and we we're like, Oh yeah, that's our bus. And he's like, Oh yeah, sweet. Maybe I should just throw you on there. And I was like, that's not a bad idea. And we kept going and we got on the bus, thankfully. Now let's talk about the hiking now. So that first night went to the Timberline Lodge. That's where we get dropped off in the bus. Okay. It's an hour bus ride from Sandy to the Timberline Lodge. And that was super, oh man, this lodge. If you can ever get up there, you and the lady, man, check it out. The Timberline Lodge. It is absolutely oh, phenomenal. It's their website. It looks oh, crazy. Dude smells like musty old. It, like leather bound book. I think it was actually constructed by Teddy Roosevelt uh, in the 1940s or something like, like after, after World War II, I believe, but I, I couldn't be making this. I I saw the stat and I didn't write it down. So Um, anyway, beautiful lodge, exceptional, but we, we enjoyed a nice beverage to kick off the trip. You have to do that. Mm -hmm. Then we headed off into the night, found a nice site or, well, it's on the PCT. So you start on the PCT nice site, just two miles away. That was night one. Got a, got a good night's sleep, hung the food, got to bed around nine. Uh, I think it was like 11 o'clock that first night. All right. So day two, we wake up feeling, feeling refreshed, feeling charged and Man, the first looks of Mount Hood. It was a full moon that weekend, so it was Ooh. perfect or that week. So Monday night was actually the full moon, so we were hiking under moonlight. And those first two nights, Monday and Tuesday night, it was so bright. You know how bright the moon is? Mm-hmm. It's like casting moon shadows. When, when there's nothing, no
1: other lights, you're not in the city. It's wild how
0: bright the moon actually oh is. Gosh, it was it was phenomenal. So yeah, this was the, we wake up 21st, 921, and it was uh, the the easiest day. We did 13.38 miles um, over six hours of of movement time. Uh, But we made sure to take some nice, nice rests, uh, which was good. We were averaging about 2.1 miles per hour the whole time. Uh, My buddy is an absolute fiend. I don't even man. Hats off to him, uh, but mostly, so it wasn't that bad elevation game. We descended into the valley, four thousand f- foot from Mount Hood. It, the Timberline trip like lodge starts around six six thousand sixty five hundred, okay. and then we descended four thousand feet into the valley to this Sandy Fork. Uh, river which was pretty nice um and we saw ramona falls which is the really really picturesque waterfall on day one which was very cool we met a guy named gnarly that was his name gnarly gnarly i like it and he just he he was he was a gnarly guy he he was going up this uh place called uh yocam Yokum ridge which was a ridge on the other side of where we were kind of heading um, and he was going to be staying out there till Sunday. So that was pretty impressive because it was Monday or no mm-hmm. Tuesday. So he was going to be there from Tuesday through Sunday. So kind of cool story. He had like a lot of experience of, he had done the PCT. He had done the AT he had done. Well, I don't know if he had done the continental divide trail, but I mean, PCT and AT. Mm-hmm. Those that's, are beastie trails. That's That's no small feat. Hey man, he was, he's gnarly. You can't
1: mess with gnarly. (laughs) I love meeting people on trails because sometimes you meet the most interesting folk out there when you're just in the middle of nowhere on a trail and you come across somebody. I met a really cool guy when I was hiking up in Northern California and he was just super homely hiking with his dog. Super
0: cool. Like I love meeting people. So gnarly sounds like a cool dude. (laughs) He was, yeah, it was definitely uh, a good opportunity to meet a couple, couple of various people. Also the thing that was interesting was people aren't doing a ton of backpacking. I mean, we had, I I'd say we probably came about, came through or met maybe 15 backpackers, but on that front side, you have a lot more people just coming up from the town to see mm-hmm. this Ramona falls and kind of just do a day hike. And yeah, so they're really interested. They're like, what are you doing out here? How long are you going to be out here? You know, all this, it's kind of funny. So day two, um, the, the hard thing about day one was actually finding water. We didn't fill up at the river right before we started going uphill to gain all our elevation. It was about Mm -hmm. 2000 foot of elevation hiking up from the the valley once you had descended all day. So it was a real kind of easy morning to like, early afternoon, I think around 1 p.m. We took a nice siesta at the falls about an hour. You got to do it. I I'm telling you, man, what I found this time was taking the breaks when they're necessary, just literally shutting down like feet boots off and relaxing. And then coming back to the trail, it was just, it was so nice. Mm-hmm. It sounds but refreshing. It was very refreshing until we started going uphill and then we didn't like it. Um, and we couldn't find water. So that was tough, and we ended up finding like this little trickle stream. <laughs> I mean, it was sad, uh, and and we we ended up filling up there. But day two, we woke up uh, after that first day, kind of killing us a little bit. And we did nine point seven seven miles on the second day, and this was actually our our I guess heaviest day of elevation gain. We gained three thousand foot of elevation on day two and um but we took our time we were kind of reeling from day one woes of Mm -hmm. 15 miles you know it was it was kind of because we you know you never um you never just stop it seems like you're always like scouting you're you know it's it's pretty it's pretty intense but the highlight to day two was we we woke up kind of later And I think around six or so, and we made some coffee and hiked up and summited uh, this mountain peak called Bald Mountain. And this was off the record. Didn't know. I don't know what we did or, you know, it was just kind of morning, Mm -hmm. get up there and really just take some time to pray and kind of meditate on on the the mountaintop. And it was such a beautiful view. I'll send you a picture. and just so just so you can see because you have you sh- you need to see this If i can if i can uh get my get my thing to work here so yeah this I, perfect view of mount hood which is the star of the whole time mount hood is just exceptional 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 uh so yeah, spent time up there, and then we got going on the trail. And there was a lot of cool things to see on day two. Uh, you go into a number of meadows that are just unbelievable. The whole hillside is. A lot of the trees have been wiped out. There was a big fire in 2011 called the Dollar Dollar Tree Fire or Sand Dollar Fire, and it um, it wiped out a lot of the west side a lot of the west side of trees and then additionally there was a really really heavy stor- storm that came through in 2020 on labor day weekend because of the fires you remember the fires that were going mm-hmm. on up north last year yep yep yeah there was a really really bad storm that kind of happened as a result of the heat and cold in sort of like these you know high to low you know fronts and it wiped out a ton of trees so that was everything was crazy i mean you see just one trail is actually blocked. You can't even go on it because there's 30 foot of trees just covering the trail. Good Lord. Yeah. Just stacked up. I mean, just cause they all just came plummeting down the hillside mm-hmm. uh, or the, well, the mountainside. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was our day, day two. There's a lot of great, great stuff um, to see on that one. And we went clockwise. If anybody's interested in, Doing this, which I'd highly recommend. It was a it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Timberline trail, look it up. Uh, four days is the usual. You can do it in five. Um, or you can do it in three. It's up to you. But day three, we wake up. Uh, we found a real nice campsite on day two, and I did my first ever glacial polar plunge. What? Yes. So that was you. Yeah. Yeah. 30 degree water, man. It was straight off the the glacier. My buddy's big into this uh, cold therapy. So Mm -hmm. he made me, he made me, he said, you're going to, you're going to strip down to your skivvies and jump in. I was like, (laughs) really? Well, what was the air temp? Uh, The air temp at that time was probably uh, I was like either 60 or high fifties. Okay. You're insane.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not only is the water cold, high fifties, low sixties. That's if you're
0: wet, that's cold too. So I'm in, I'm impressed. Well, I'll tell you this, Sean, when I got out of 30 degree water, fifties felt quite balmy <laughs> or sixties, whatever, whatever uh, it was. It, I, I just stood there. I was like, this is nice. <laughs> so yeah, there's something to it. Yeah. I didn't get sick. So I don't know if the old parable that your mom told you, Mm -hmm. don't go into cold water. I don't know if that rings true because it's seeming to, at least in, in this sense, it's such a shock to your body. Like my heart Mm -hmm. rate was lower. Everything was just, I was like so calm. There's so, there's so
1: much research into cold therapy and doing, uh, for a while I was into, uh, before getting out of the shower, I would turn the water as cold as it would go. And I stand in the water for a couple of minutes. My, more of that's more of a mind game of like, can you handle it? But yes, there's a lot of research into cold therapy. So for any of the listeners who are interested, there are some really, really good books and some good reading material out there for ice ice therapy, especially if like I've seen a lot of sauna to ice baths that, that uh, the heat and the cold therapy. There's a lot of research out there. So if you're interested, check it out. It's pretty cool
0: yeah i'm gonna get myself a trough sean i'm gonna put it in the backyard start, there you go. Uh, getting some ice get a claw clawfoot bathtub <laughs> yeah no i was thinking more like a horse trough <laughs> like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> just like throw it in the backyard and uh and let it go uh, now asana i will say i will own asana in my mm-hmm. life i think those are pretty sweet and it'd be nice to sweat it out every once in a while uh but yeah so let i'll I'll continue on here our final day we did uh fifth like practically i think it was 16 miles total um and we we finished like we we hiked all the way to about two miles from the lodge um and set up camp so we were we were right there on day three, which was quite an accomplishment. It was a seven. It was practically eight hours of movement time. Um, total. So yeah. That's, day th- that's a really long day. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> like, very tough, especially yeah. after having done two days already. That's,
1: that's a, that's a long day.
0: Yeah. Now this one, this one hurt. Um, this was type three fun. Mm. Um <laughs> towards the end like you know it's always sort of type two fun where maybe it's just not that great and you're kind of uh or it's like fun but you're not really sure if it's fun yet and then Mm -hmm. but this was like towards the end i'd say two hours after lunch and you're sweating and it's because we took a nice long siesta did another cold plunge at lunch and kind of just dried out on the rock. It was actually sunny this time so it felt really good. Um but my buddy got swarmed by bees, Sean. Oh. Don't uh don't bring honey and sweet things on the trail on the trail people. This <laughs> Well, they tasted really good. My buddy brought this honey from his uh friend in New York City who actually has his own uh bees. Oh, okay, that's been, cool. Yeah, he's been producing his own honey and uh, I don't remember the, the, what it was like something Dean's honey. Uh, I kept calling it dirty Dean's, but I don't think that's what it, what it, what it was. Um, but it was very good. I'll tell you that. So having a little bit of honey to refresh yourself, it's straight, goes straight to the muscles. My buddy's a personal trainer. So he was telling me, he, I just listen to what he what he says. Mm-hmm. Personal trainers know everything, Sean. Oh, they're they're wizards. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yes, yep, that sounds good. Um, so yeah, after all said and done, um, quite an experience, very enjoyable, and uh, would highly recommend the trail. It it was just it was an experience. Taking the time to see these glacial falls. I mean, we crossed probably 15 to 20 waterfalls to varying, you know, to varying extent. Mm-hmm. But it was just a lot of water, very lush, very green, reminded me of Lord of the Rings. Uh so yeah. That sounds any, any, amazing. Any questions, Sean, for the listeners? Uh
1: my main question is what what was I guess I have actually two. What was the one piece of gear that you wish you had brought if there was one? And what's one piece of gear that you are so glad you brought with you because it was crucial to your success?
0: Uh, Let's see here. Um, Honestly, I I really don't have a piece of gear that I wished I had this time. I really feel like I've dialed in this year. Mm -hmm. You know, I did my birthday trip. uh recently so i've just i've been ticking off some some backpacking trips this year so i have it pretty dialed in um i will say this man so i tried this new thing sean it's called cold soaking so you have a like you just bring a pint sized anything like plastic jar i used a talente jar um it like perfectly it's got a really nice sturdy construction like mm-hmm. screw top so it was really and it's lightweight obviously um so what i would do every morning is i would put my i made this these bags of oats protein and flax seeds and very and like some granola it was like lemon infused granola okay and i would throw that in the jar and then just put water like right on top let it seep through mm-hmm. and then put the lid on and just let it soak for 30 minutes and i would go and either eat eat a bar or you know work on getting prep for the day camp stuff and then i come back 30 minutes later and i'll tell you that was some of the best morning breakfast uh i've i've ever had on the trail ever wow. uh, it, it, every morning i was like man this is so good just, and it was i had the same thing three days in a row but man something about it, it was like the i think it was also like the cool water something mm-hmm. about just for whatever reason it just it was so tasty and then also i think oats just naturally when you add various things to them they just take like layer the flavor and i did that my nutrition was dialed this time 100 percent. nice no digestive issues the whole time thankfully that was a huge <laughs> that i mean hey That's really how you can do these long days. Mm -hmm. If you're having stomach issues, bro, you can't go 15 miles in a day. No, definitely not.
1: There's there's also something to starting a day with good morale, with a good meal, like something that's either tastes really good or it's really filling or maybe both. There's nothing like starting your morning on a really good note like that, knowing you have a long day ahead of you of of miles to cover, oh but yeah, even like looking forward to it the night before too you're like, oh man, <laughs> I'm stoked for breakfast like that that morale booster is is more important than anybody
0: really realizes oh, totally, yeah, I agree a hundred percent um hmm. gnarly gave me I'll tell you something I could have left uh, <laughs> gnarly gave me he was very nice and he provided some, I don't bring coffee on the trail. I don't, I bring tea, okay. but he, he comes up and he goes, I have this tin of instant coffee from Starbucks. You guys want some? And I was like, <laughs> sure, man, I have an empty bag. Like I had just finished like a Ziploc bag, something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'll just throw some in my bag here and I'll try it. Man, that stuff is not the real deal, Sean. <laughs> Holy moly. It was like, ugh. it was like, um, uh, brown dirt. Oh. But, but even worse, I mean, I feel like dirt would have had a better, probably, I don't know, there, there's, there'd be something redeeming about it because you're drinking dirt, but this was just, where's my coffee? And I don't <laughs> like that if i'm gonna have coffee sean it's because gotta you're be not, you're not a
1: coffee person so if you're gonna go for coffee you're going for coffee that's right like you, that's you have a certain
0: expectation set i i do and i i wouldn't consider myself a coffee person but my mom is like a coffee connoisseur so i think the taste does somehow mm-hmm. it's seeped into my my <laughs> genetics and and i have this sense of just because if i like for instance i left the hotel Uh, The morning I left Portland, they had this coffee. It was, I got like probably some of the first coffee in the morning because I was staying at this place and nobody was up yet. Mm -hmm. So I come down I get it. And bro, it was like, there was no, you know, when you have a cup of coffee and it's like water and you Uh just, it's like (laughs) hot water and there's no, you're like, where's my coffee? Mm -hmm. That's how I felt. I think it just gave me like a stomach ache instead, but. Uh, then I had to go and redeem myself at the airport because the airport knows how to make coffee. (laughs) (laughs) They 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 thrive on coffee, they survive on it. That's That's airports and police departments. They are they are coffee fiends. They know what they're doing there. Yeah, you know you can get a good cup. And I also learned don't stop at the first coffee shop in the Portland airport. Mm -hmm. If you go all the way down. There's always the subtle, more subtle places that the coffee price is like two bucks compared to three fifty for coffee at the very start, and you're gonna have less people to wait in line. Anyway, pro tip: if you're going through Portland, I like it. So um, that's that's really it, man. I mean, let's let's jump into something else. Let's talk about your your the things you've been getting into recently, and we can. Maybe yeah. talk about the music I've been making, but <laughs> if we don't have time, it's no biggie. This is a catch up. Yeah. We're
1: just, we're fluid here. Yeah. So I know my, most of my free time, uh, has been devoted to school. If I'm not in work, I'm in school right now. So, uh, for any of the listeners that may not know, uh, John and I got our degrees in engineering back in 2017 time. And we've been working as engineers for four plus years, four and a half years, and as much as I enjoy it, it's just not really what I see myself doing the rest of my career. I really have interest in getting into management and doing the business side. So I'm going back to school for marketing, getting a degree from the local community college in marketing. And I'm considering uh, a few different MBA programs uh, starting maybe in the next couple of years to boost my career. So my life has been school. If I'm not working I'm in, or cooking, I'm in school. <laughs> so right now I'm taking a business communication class and a philosophy class and the philosophy class is an honors program it has nothing to do with my degree. I just thought it'd be fun to take, uh, I'm a career student. So I take as many classes as I can. And the philosophy has been by far the most interesting class I have taken through six years of school. Um, the like, Last week we covered arguments for the existence of God this week we're covering arguments against the existence of God we've covered uh free will we're talking mind body problems like it's just a class where everybody is able to bring up their own opinions and we can have intelligent conversations about them we meet every monday night like it's just been really really cool to be involved in that and then the the biz, business communication class has been amazing too so that that is mainly everything that I've been involved with i've also been really getting into reading a lot so i've been switching i find i really enjoy reading like non-fictional educational books but i can only read so many at like in a row and then i need some like murder mystery or (laughs) something like that so i just finished a stephen king novel uh now i'm currently reading uh a book by a man named i'm gonna probably mispronounce this book ramit um he has a book called i will teach you to be rich and it's a book on personal finance, setting goals, how to manage a budget, how to invest in your retirement and things like that. And it's been really cool. I've been really working on getting a better grip on my finances and investing in myself for the future, setting up some retirement accounts, trying to learn about various investment accounts. So that's, if I haven't been in work or school, I've been working on some sort of finance, something (laughs) nice, (laughs) um, yeah, it's been it's been really cool. It's I've been kind of burning my brain out a little bit. Um, I'm finding like the end of the day, I'm like, man, I just want to go to sleep. But it has been really cool. I really like pushing my brain like that. Uh, I even volunteered. I'm the interclub council representative for the accounting and business club at the Miracosta College. I'm going to. Uh, So I attend, you know, bi-weekly meetings with the other clubs and we go over, we vote on budgets and things like that for clubs on campus. I'm finding clubs were my life at SCCU, as John knows. And now that I've been out of that environment, I've been really jonesing to get involved in a team again, uh, devoted to something like the future of the students. So I decided to join this accounting and business club and become an ICC rep. So that's mainly nothing quite as intense as a 40 mile hike, but I've been pushing my brain a lot and looking forward to some travels coming up soon, actually. Uh, oh, yeah. I just got back from a trip to Oregon, um, went to Bend, stayed in Bend for two weeks and just some trips there. And then got some trips out to Kansas City. I'm going to go see the Kansas City uh, play Green Bay Packers. So that's going to be rad to see Mahomes play uh Rogers and see them duke it out. Let's see what Rogers then, can do. See what <laughs> Rogers can do. <laughs> well I mean based because, on this last week, Mahomes was questionable the last week against yeah, uh, dude, but, but no but is
0: did you see Aaron Rodgers week one? Yep. You know,
1: it was not good. <laughs> so <laughs> does that guy we, play in the I, National I Football know. League? Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting <laughs> to see how they do that. And then um really one of the big things I'm working on right now is I have a, a friend that lives out in New Jersey that I went on the trip to Texas with, and he just did a trip to Maine and the pictures that he was sending me were out of this world. Beautiful. Just, he had like a cabin on a river. That, it was glass water. It was kind of foggy in the background. It looked like a desktop picture you'd see on like a PC. It was Phenomenal how beautiful it was. So I'm trying to plan some trips out to Maine, maybe in next spring. Because right now, just from now until like February, it's just cold and everything's closed. So I'm thinking of looking for some trips in next spring. But well, that's pretty much
0: what I've been up to. Uh, let's hope that not everything closes everywhere in yeah. the next coming months here, Sean. Let's, let's be real. This is this could be a, uh, a reality in the coming I hope it's not going to happen, but I was listening to a podcast
1: yesterday that was recorded back in April of 2020 and he cracked a joke. He was talking about the the pandemic and he was like, for those listening, I'm saying COVID-19 because whenever you're listening, we might be in COVID-20, 21 or 22. (laughs) He's like, I hope not, but I have no idea how long this is going to last. And to think that was...
0: 15 months ago we don't uh, who, we don't we don't, thought. Know. <laughs> we don't know how it's gonna last well i'm glad you've been reading man i mean i yeah. love reading myself as well i i would highly recommend uh this author scott brown he does not scott brown uh i think his name is pierce brown he does the um red rising series uh pierce brown We work with a guy named Scott Brown. So that can't be right. Um, Pierce Brown. Okay. Pierce Brown. Yeah. If you definitely worth a read on this one, man, this series is great. The first three books are, it was some of the best, most vivid fiction reading I've ever just the, 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 the way this guy envisions scale and makes it all kind of come to life and Mm -hmm. still that. Because when I read, I'm one of those readers where I like to feel mm-hmm. like I'm right there. Mm-hmm. I'm in the action. I Agreed. can actually smell the the asphalt as the rain is coming <laughs> down on the street or and like see the light as it's shining up into the sky on a rainy, dreary night in Paris or something. I mean, I really like to feel the experience and and create an image in my mind through the through the author. So this guy did a really great job. Highly recommend it anybody. Check out the Red Rising series. Yeah. It's uh a, it's a, it's a great one. Uh, but no, that's awesome. I think finances are super important and I know spoiler we'll probably be getting into those further
1: coming oh, yeah. up here
0: into this quarter. Listeners. So stay tuned. We're going to be diving into some real, real stuff uh, to provide you some more value. Um, and then school, of course, super. We're big fans of big fans school. Yeah. I'm, I've been doing a lot of research into MBA
1: programs and it will happen for me. I don't know when it will happen. It's a dream of mine. My over overarching dream of life is to get a PhD in something. I don't know what, but since I was a kid, I've had this dream of having a PhD and it's something that has stuck with me as I've gotten older. So I have a bachelor's, I'm working on associates, uh, MBA is next. And then who knows where I'll go from there. Wow.
0: uh, And I'll just, I'll just keep on, keep hanging on. I'm, I'm I'm going to be in
1: school for a very long time, but I enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's, that's it's good. really fun. It really pushes my brain. And, uh, I just, I, I struggle with, if I don't learn something, i I feel, uh, held back, I guess almost mm. kind of stuck. Like I love that, that learning moment of moving forward and tackling a problem.
0: So that's, no, that's, that's my jam. That's awesome, man. Well, and I'll, I'll just keep being here for you. Thanks for sharing tonight. <laughs> And I think now, without further ado, let's jump into our favorite thing of all, which is cooking. Oh, yeah. What have we been cooking, Sean? I mean, the the listeners want to know. they've been wondering, where is Sean and John, and what are they cooking? So let's tell them tonight. Uh, Sean, you've been alluding to this amazing mm-hmm. Brussels sprout recipe all night long, so I think... <laughs> We're going to have to we're going to have to jump into it and and give me the rundown. Up. Make me hungry. Yeah. So uh, disclaimer, this is in no way a
1: healthy option, but it is some of the most <laughs> tasty Brussels sprouts you'll ever eat. Um, so I, love I, I found the best Brussels sprouts, the best Brussels sprouts, because Brussels sprouts can be kind of finicky because if you don't cook them enough, they stay too bitter. Uh, but if you overcook them, they just kind of turn into this mush. And so found a recipe that we've experimented with a couple of times uh we've done it three times we still have we're still chasing the dragon we still haven't the second and third times trying to do it as good as we did the first one on accident Um, i don't know what the difference is but we're still working on that but it starts with bacon okay i'm (laughs) you take Half a pack of bacon, and you cut it crosswise into very thin sli- uh, strips. So, like okay, okay. cutting it, cutting across, and then fry that in a big Dutch oven. And so you just cook cook that up until it starts getting crispy. So it's okay. pulling Dutch oven. Are you using? Do you have the uh, La I do not have the La 1975 <laughs> edition. I'm, we have the uh, on sale two
0: set from Costco. Oh. So that's good. Yeah. See, so <laughs> yeah. either TJ Maxx or Costco pans mm-hmm. usually cut it these days. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: they're, they're amazing. I mean, they're, we've cooked a, a, quite a few things in that Dutch oven and it's held up, but the, you, you cook the bacon and get that toast crispy. So I mean, part of that is you're crisping the bacon, but also you're trying to get that fat to come out of the bacon because that's what you caramelize your onions in. Ooh, so yeah. after you have the bacon, you pull it all out and you leave the, the baking grease in the, the Dutch oven, get it. So it's nice and hot and then drop uh, two sliced, not diced. Cause I think diced is one too much work. And I think they're too small. I like doing <laughs> sliced, uh,
0: caramelized onions. So sliced, when you say sliced, are you doing a, a half halfway cut through the onion and then slicing down through the body perpendicular to correct. the, correct Okay. Yep. I can get so, behind it. Yeah. You, so you get the, you get the, not the full ring. We're not mm-hmm. going full ring here. We're nope, going, we're going half, we're ring. going half a Saturn Yep,
1: drop so those. <laughs> that way you get like nice long caramelized strips of onion. And then that caramelizing onions is is an art because a lot of people turn the pan up too high and they think they're caramelizing it because they're browning the onions, but you're not actually causing the chemical reaction that is caramelizing. So you actually have to do it at a low heat and it takes the last time I did, it took almost 45 minutes uh, from start to finish because well, that's,
0: you know, that's how you actually get a good, the best French onion soup is actually mm-hmm. low cooking. Yep. The onions for, Well, a lot, like sometimes even six hours, I think. Yeah, it's it's like, it's
1: all about breaking the the bonds down into those sugars and makes it that classic sweet caramelized onion. So it takes a a long time. It takes a long time, but it's worth it. And you have to do at least two onions because when you caramelize, they cook down to almost non-existent. They shrivel up. Yeah, so you have to have that. So you caramelize the onions and get those till they're just about done. And then you toss the bacon back in, the Brussels sprouts you chopped in half, and some, if you want to do crushed garlic or if you want to do garlic powder, uh, it's kind of whatever you have on hand. And then I would stir it, put the lid on, and leave it on about medium to medium low and let that steam essentially the Brussels sprouts. So you're not trying to fry them, you're steaming them, and that makes them. Uh, except more of the flavors and it kind of mushes them a little bit farther and brings the bitterness down. And it took about 15 minutes last time. Once you put the lid on stirring every three or four minutes, it took it out, set it to the side. And when you serve it, you put it on a plate with a little bit of Parmesan cheese on top. It's, it's the best Brussels sprouts I've ever had. You can't compete with caramelized onions, bacon, and Brussels sprouts.
0: Oh, Sean, you are, you are the man. Well, I'm hungry now, so I'm going to have to tell you what I've been making because yeah, it's, it. it's something I I think you might even still be able to snag and get done because this is a real, real hack. So me being a data two, as you found out earlier listeners, if you didn't know that I'm always trying to figure out ways to cut down on time in the, in the kitchen. So a lot of my cooking these days has either been, uh, Ending up in a cast iron casserole dish, or everything's in one cast iron pan, or on Sundays, my favorite thing to do in the fall is kind of make a a soup in the slow cooker, but using a a Trader Joe's seasonal classic, and it just came out again. I found this soup out last fall, and it's a seasonal item that they offer. It's called the autumnal hot harvest soup, a cre- a creamy tomato based soup with pumpkin and butternut squash. And what you do is what I do is I elevate it. So this is what we have to do here. Listeners. And Sean is very good at this too. I actually take, uh, well, depending on the mood, uh, either half an onion or a full onion diced. And I make a Trinity Trinity. Uh, and I think this last Sunday, I either, I mean, you can do the classic Trinity, which is, um, onion, uh, celery and carrots, or Mm -hmm. you can do the, I believe it's the Italian, uh, it's the Italian blend of it or Spanish blend. I forget who, who originally founded it, but it's bell pepper, onion and carrot. And that's what I did last time. So I made, I kind of did like the, you know, sometimes you just want like a nice bite of bell pepper. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love bell pepper so just i i got that i kind of cut that up used one onion uh one red bell pepper and i think about three carrots and three um socks of celery and you get you know you dice up that sometimes i'll do some of the celery in the in the half moon Just just so you have the classic like I have a nice thing of celery in my soup bite and then I'll do some that are minced up so that I kind of get both and then I'll salt that so I'll throw that in the bottom of my slow cooker and I'll salt that because what I've realized is you have to layer the salt when to really get your 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 even in your slow cooker, you have to layer the salt from the beginning to the end to get like the full range of flavor that you're trying to get. Now, the good thing, the kicker with the autumnal harvest soup is it's kind of like a catch all. So even if you haven't really developed a lot of good flavor, it still kicks it. Cause it's got all that good, mm-hmm. goody goods, the squash and the pumpkin to really make it happen. Um, so then once I have that all in the bottom and I've salted it, I take my, I like bone in chicken thigh And I salt and pepper those and cut any necessary fat off the top on the skin. And then I lay those in the slow cooker as well. Mm. And then I put, I then lay the, I pour the whole jar of harvest soup on top and I do four, four to five hours on low, uh, at about two and a half to three hours, your, your chicken will be cooked. You can check, but uh, around two and a half to three hours, your cook, your chicken is cooked. So it's already ready, but I like going a little bit further. Uh, and it usually an hour before I know it's going to be done or before I'm going to be finishing up. Uh, I'll throw, I'll do some acids. I'll do some lime. I'll do one lime. I'll add that and I'll juice it into the, the mixture and I'll throw kale and, or a good, another secondary kicker, um, is some zucchini chunks of zucchini and man I'm telling you right now that is a soup that sounds it, amazing it, it it hits so get yourself to Trader Joe's check out this harvest soup you'll see it it's only seasonal so it'll only be available uh, and I'm excited to bring out my my world famous chocolate chip pumpkin bread which is always a hit uh my wife she's she's like you're gonna make some of that soon right and I'm like yes <laughs> I will my dear <laughs> So, any other things you've been cooking, Sean? I mean, you're just man. That Brussels sprout recipe. It,
1: it really hasn't been a whole lot other than just some simple meals, burgers. Last night, doing some omelets. In uh, I've been experimenting some omelets in the morning for Ooh. breakfast, but it's it hasn't been anything too crazy. Just you know, your your everyday breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I did have been doing some experimentations with bell peppers, doing bell pepper sandwiches. Ooh. So instead of using bread, doing uh, bell pepper cut in half cord, some cream cheese and we even added some Borson cheese you can buy it in like a three pack from Costco it's like Charlotte, Charlotte and Chive or like I don't remember the other one and adding a little bit of that in there and then doing regular lunch meat just some sliced ham or turkey and then a piece of sandwich cheese so essentially you're making a sandwich but with a bell pepper and cream cheese as your base and oh and I forgot the most important ingredient everything bagel seasoning Oh, in, you, in there dude. so you get that that salt and that garlic Another
0: Trader Joe staple ladies oh, and gentlemen get yourself
1: down there it's so so good I yeah. highly recommend anyone who's it's not, I wouldn't say it's low-cal you could cut out some of the cream cheese and the, the other stuff but you can make
0: a pretty good low-cal sandwich replacement with uh, bell peppers yes that's awesome I've never thought of that before mm-hmm. oh and I have to say Sean fall is officially here because I made my first chili last night
1: like, had, i had chili for uh, like two nights ago
0: yes that's what i'm <laughs> talking just about like a chilly day it's it, all dude it was it was like the one of the rare overcast full days mm-hmm. in, in california we get i was like it's chilly time <laughs> i did tuna casserole the night before and then chili that was like both <laughs> like cold weather dishes um and my daughter likes chili so that was a win good um All right. So in between this coming back, this comeback session Mm -hmm. right now, tonight and our last session, episode 10 with Quentin Turco, if you haven't heard it, make sure to listen to that one because it was a it was an all out blast getting to know how to surf a little bit better. But Sean, tonight I want to know what was the best thing you've eaten out since then? You know, there is, it's a no
1: brainer for me. There is a restaurant in Solana beach called Tony's Dracal. They are a old style Mexican restaurant. They're celebrating our 75th year this year of being open. And I tell you, it is some of the best Mexican food you're going to find in San Diego. Like they wow. have, it's, it's fantastic. That, that's hard. Cause we have a, there's a Mexican restaurant on every street corner here. But there are, they have some of the best stuff. We went and got uh, margaritas because they they usually have a, a good line. It was about forty minutes for a wait for a table, and uh, we went and got margaritas oh. and chips and salsa, and then went out and and ate ate our fill. And <laughs> I haven't eaten that much food in a long time, but oh. I would say Tony's Jacal in Solana Beach uh, is the best in San Diego. Now, if you're asking when while traveling in Benz when we went out there. Our focus was, we really enjoy hitting coffee shops and breakfast spots in any city we go. We generally tend to to rate them against each other based on the coffee and breakfast places they have, and we went and tried almost every single one that they had there. Found this
0: amazing coffee shop. We what, really liked. What is your criteria? I'm curious. How do? Because this is one of my favorite things mm-hmm. to do when I go to any new city unfortunately this last trip, I wasn't, I did. Okay. So I got an amazing donut from this place called Joe's donuts in Portland. Sean, it was $5. I gave him a dollar tip. Um, That was part of the, the, all of it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I paid five bucks. I gave him a dollar tip for a coffee and two donuts. Dang, dude. And this place has been open since I think this 1969 or something. (laughs) And they actually, they're, they uh, fry their donuts in actual animal fat, Ooh. which is the, <laughs> if you're ever up there, man, it's an, it's on the outskirts, it's out okay. in Sandy, but those donuts were bomb. And it was like the legit froth like chocolate mm-hmm. frosting that they like every morning spread on it, like a thick little, oh. <laughs> it was not the, it was not the Krispy Kreme experience. I mean, I love Krispy Kreme donuts, don't get me wrong, but this was like, Mommy was there in the morning, mm-hmm. like doing it or the <laughs> night before, I guess, is when oh, I do it.
1: That sounds awesome. When, when we go, when we judge a coffee spot, it generally it's, it's obviously quality of coffee, but I also like to have variety. So, cause sometimes I'm not feeling coffee, but maybe I'm feeling a matcha or a chai or mm even a simple hot chocolate sometimes. So that I like, I like going to, to coffee places that have a warm inviting vibe, but also have some variety on their menu. And then for breakfast places, if I'm going to like a, like a sit down breakfast place, I usually like, we went to a place called McKay's cottage in Bend they make pancakes the size of the table. It's ridiculous. Like I ordered, I was thinking it was like two pancakes. pancakes. I know. I thought it was like, I ordered like two pancakes and a side of like eggs and bacon thinking, Oh, this will be easy. It was two meals. Like it was so much pancake that we ate it for breakfast the next morning. That's how much food they gave us. But if you're sitting down, I usually go for pancakes. If I'm going to somewhere, maybe like a little cafe, it's breakfast sandwiches. If they can make a really good breakfast sandwich, then they hold weight in my book for breakfast spots. But yeah, that's that's our criteria. But that's I love going to new coffee shops.
0: Yes. In any new
1: area. Have you been to Portland? I've been to Portland. We went to Voodoo Donuts uh, to get donuts. And then we went to Powell's Bookstore and uh, Pete's Coffee while we were out there, but we, we kind of were doing
0: a pass through Portland. It wasn't staying oh, yeah. in Portland. Yeah. So, and and Pete's was good is that that's the original OG flagship shop, right? Yeah. As far as I
1: know, that's their OG flagship. It's, it's basically you're a Pete's or a Starbucks person. And I think Pete's has better coffee, but I still generally like more small batch. That's why I like, I order black ruffle coffee. It's, it's small batch coffee, uh, rather than kind of a big chain. So it's, but man, coffee I See,
0: I can't uh I'm telling you, Starbucks is there's still something to it. I don't I know it's not the the typical view, but I don't get any of the the foo foo drinks. Mm-hmm. I literally just get their coffee. And I I think it's it's equivalent to almost now. Don't get me wrong. Like I love have you been to Cafe Calabria in North Park? Nope, I have not. Check it out, man. Great coffee. Um there's some really good stuff in North park and sort of that area, like going towards South park. Um, if you're really into coffee, I mean, they have there, I mean, there's probably like four or five small, um, have you had dark horse yet? I have. Okay. Yeah. So dark horse is, is obviously good. Check out cafe Calabria next time they do. One of my favorite things about them is they actually do a mini cup of coffee. It's an eight ounce pour and it's what? like a, it's like a dollar 50 or something like i mean again maybe not for every i know most people mm-hmm. it's like 16 ounces but sometimes i wake i'm like you i wake up and i'm, I'm like yeah i could just go with like a little bit of coffee mm-hmm. i also don't like having this massive cup <laughs> like and i'm like touting it around like this thing this mini cup is so it's so cute it's so cute everything little cute <laughs> yeah you're like I can hold it entirely. Like nobody even knows I'm like incognito. Nobody even knows that I have a cup of coffee. And when I have kids and I'm pushing around their shoulders it's very reasonable to handle. And anyway, this is, this is the, I'm being neurotic about my coffee, I guess, but. Check out Cafe Calabria, great prices and very good coffee. We'll do. Um, I'll tell you my, the best thing I've had to eat listeners uh, between the last time we met Sean, I told you about this. We went down to Cabo Mm -hmm. and I had one of the best dinners of my life. Fresh seafood, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, steak, the whole the whole nine yards. But on the menu, there was this um, balsamic glazed portobello mushroom Mm -hmm. that I had that just, oh, I'd never had anything quite like it. And I think that's right now why it's sticking out to me is the best thing I've had in between because i've been liking mushrooms more and more mm-hmm. and this thing just it was sweet it was it was savory it was kind of all of the above and and a close second sean since you are in san diego i got to give you a, a, a san diego shout mm-hmm. um traveling's a little hard these days ladies and gents go down to mike hess you you've been there with with us mm-hmm. uh but dude they're a ceviche i've been really getting into ceviche really? okay, okay yes i don't know what is going on i think it's the <laughs> something uh, maybe it's something but anyway they have a great ceviche there and i've been eating that um that's an art uh, do you like ceviche i love ceviche okay um, all right we're gonna have to go it. go go nerd out on some ceviche here because there's another couple carina's Oh yeah. Um, I, so
1: I used to go to the Karinas by the office and that's where I would go and get ceviche. Uh, yeah.
0: Okay. No. And I've done that one, but there's a, there's a truck mm-hmm. that waits. I don't know if they're, are they affiliated with that location? I think they are. They have two okay. different locations and I think a food truck as well. Okay. Cause there's this food truck and I think it's a Karina's. I didn't know if it was the same thing, but their ceviche is supposed to be some of the best in California. Mm. Um, it's something, I don't know, it, maybe it's just like the corn tortilla chip and just that cold, mm-hmm, cold, oh, citrusy, seafood just boom, hits you. So, well, I think we've, uh, well, we've babbled on enough tonight, Sean. We got to get you some food. Yeah, I go, I'm You're going to bolt out of here and <laughs> eat something. So, well, hey, listeners, thanks for uh, taking the time to listen to us. This has been how to hobby with Sean and John, and we are going to be coming back to you once a week here uh, as we close out the fourth quarter of this year, 2021, and we're going to close the books on it. It's going to be very nice. Uh, we're refreshed. We're ready to bring you guys some more content, some more exciting sit downs with, with one another where we just break down life. Uh, and let us know your thoughts on some sort of sort of the new format for this quarter that we're we're trying out. And we hope to see you next time. Definitely check us out on social media. We have a website, the howtohobbypodcast.com. Or is it, is it the high It's how to How to That's right. And other than that, Sean, you have a wonderful rest of your night and a great week. And we'll talk to you next time. You too. And thank you to all your listeners
1: or all the listeners out there for sticking with us. And I look forward to releasing more episodes with you, John, and, uh, giving our listeners some, some more things to fill their ear holes. That's right. Good night.